themselves and they wanted him out because he was disturbing their livelihood. He was disturbing how they made their money. And um, I had brought out the point that we want to be careful as to what we're holding on to. We want to be careful as to what we're allowing to hold on to us because as we move and grow in life, and remember, I, I say this quite often, that if you woke up this morning, there's an opportunity to grow and change. The chances of you going to sleep that night exactly the same or slim to none. You've made some decisions in the course of that day, and those decisions will mature you for or against the will of God. So we want to be careful that we're not holding on to something, those dead things that are in turn trying to uh, cause us to be comfortable in that place of familiarity, that place where um, we feel like we might fit, that place where we feel like we belong. We want to be careful of that. We want to be careful of that. And I'm scrolling down in my notes. So today, I kind of want to continue in that conversation, in that talk. And I want to talk to you today about a change of hands, a change of hands, a change of hands. Now, I'm going to go back up to uh, Mark. I'm going to go right back there, Mark 5, 1 and 20. And I'm going to read that once more. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Verse 3 says, this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot hand and foot chain, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him in front of him. And then it says in verse seven, he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? So he recognized them in God's name. Don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. And it was something there. I had paused and I'm pausing again because it just struck me as odd that he's shouting, don't torture me, as if he's not living in a tortured state right now. But remember, he's, Jesus is talking to demonic forces. He's not talking to the man himself. Then verse nine says, then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area, out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, send us among the pigs, allow us to go to them. He gave the permission and the impure spirits came out and they went into the pigs. The herd, which was about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and they were drowned. 
So although they wanted to be embodied, these demonic forces, the legion, as it were, wanted to be embodied, they ended up in the pigs who ended up dying, which means that they still had to find another place to dwell. They still had to find another place to dwell. And that brings us to what I want to talk to today about when I say a change of hands, what exactly am I referring to when I talk about a change of hands? Because we see here demonic forces literally begging not to be cast out of this particular man and to go to another being. They wanted to be in something, but they said the pigs who went over, which means that they still needed to be embodied once those pigs were dead. They were of no more used to them. See, when this man got free from this demonic force called Legion, this man had his mind returned to him. He had his heart was restored. His, uh, his, uh, hearing was restored. He could see his discipline. His discipline was restored when he, because he sat there at Jesus's feet. He remember he wanted to go with Jesus and Jesus said, no, Jesus made him his first evangelist. He said, no, I want you to go tell everyone else what I have done in you. So when we consider our topic, a change of hands in the natural, if something changes hands, it gets a new owner. And the spiritual um, is when uh, the authority of the devil over a believer, when it's overthrown, when it no longer has uh, a home in that individual, and the believer begins uh, to live in, uh, in a life of freedom in God. See, your hands represent power. They represent strength. They represent protection. They even represent authority. Authority. So it matters to whom and what we extend our spiritual power, our hand, our strength, our hand, our protection, our hand, even our authority, our hand. See, uh, the three passages that describe the incident in the um, in this particular region, Matthew 8 and Mark 5, which we just read in Luke, there was a little bit of discrepancy as to how many men there were. One version says that there were two men. And the other two versions only speak of one man. And could could be possible, theologians believe, that maybe only one man came forward. But it was odd because Luke being one of detail, being a doctor, being one of intricate detail, said that there were two from his view. And I want to pause there because uh, something happened, I say, about a week ago that I want to share with you to kind of give you an idea of where I'm going. My husband and I were um, taking, uh, dropping our daughter off at work and going to doctor's appointments and whatnot in that same area. When we got home, we realized that the door that we normally came in to enter our house, it had locked. So some kind of way when we came through our kitchen out of about right to that door into our garage, that particular door had locked for some reason and we didn't realize it. So we dropped our door off. We went to doctor's appointments. We came back in and we couldn't get in the house. Neither one of us had a key. 
Not neither me or my husband had a key to the house through which we live and we pay the mortgage. So my son was on his way home from his internship and I called him to say, do you have your key? And he was like, no, I lost my key. Now, my husband, the first time my son lost his key, had given my son his key. So we're, we're still thinking that he had his key. My daughter, when she lost her key, I gave her my key, not realizing that we never went and got more keys made. So remember now, me and my husband, house we own, we can't get into. So then I called someone that I knew I had given an extra key to over like well into 10 years ago when we first moved into our home and they didn't have the key, rightfully so. They couldn't locate the key. We're talking almost 10 years later. So the only choice we had was to drive all the way back 35 to 45 minutes to my daughter and get the key. And it dawned on me, um, you know, I'm always looking for the lesson or something because that's unusual. That's unusual that neither one of us would be able to get in our house. Neither one of us had the key. And it dawned, and I got quiet and I could hear the Holy Spirit saying, so neither one of you has the key to what you own. And the person that you went to, they didn't have the key to what you own. It reminded me once I heard um, it said that, you know, it's like when you get a new car and every week you got that car at the car wash. Every week you're waxing that car down every month, I should say. You're waxing that car down. You're taking care of it to the best of your ability. Everything is about keeping it neat and clean as the day you bought it home. Well, God brought to my attention, well, it's the same thing with um, your home. I gave you that. I gave you that. And you're careless. You're being careless in your care. You're being careless in how you're handling it to the point where you don't even know where the key is to the thing that I promised you that I gave you. How many of us today can say that we have found ourselves in situations where we can no longer get into the thing that God has given us because of our carelessness, because we so easily put aside that which would open the door for us. We so carelessly mishandled the thing that would open the door to what God has promised us. Think about that for a moment. And while I continue, this gentleman had uh, been delivered. He had been saved. He God, God healed him of the different de um, demonic forces that were trying to take uh, to to basically alter his life until a point of death. And um, even when he was in the presence of the healer deliverer, he recognized it. But the people so carelessly put Jesus out, so carelessly. He, Jesus was the key to their eternal life. And they so carelessly put him out for what? A prophet. Because they didn't want the disturbance in their profit. They didn't want disturbance in their livelihood. This man, the demonic forces and that man tortured them day and night to the point where they had to chain him up so that they could have peace. Yet the peacemaker comes and they 
carelessly dismiss him. So we want to be real careful, real conscious about how we treat the promises of God, how we handle the promises of God. See, because somewhere down the line, my husband and I forgot that we didn't have a key. We assumed that we would always leave that door unlocked because it's behind a locked garage. We assumed that we would always be able to get in. That is many of us today. We assume that that thing is always going to be ours. How about this? We assume that we're going to be able to manage that thing the same way we did yesterday and the same way we did the day before that and the day before that. We carelessly handle the things of God and we don't mature in how we handle the promises of God. We haven't yet matured in how we handle the things of God. We are still handling things like we did before, haphazardly haphazardly. Now, my husband and I, we knew that we had given our children the keys and we'd forgotten that we never got another key made. We'd forgotten that we didn't go and immediately rectify the situation when they lost their keys and we gave them ours. We'd immediately forgotten that. We completely forgotten that. And so we have to, and that's a lot of us with the promises that God has given us. We've forgotten that we must inquire of him as to his instructions. See, because where we're going, God is giving us, he is releasing more of his promises to us. <clears throat> we have to be careful that we don't mishandle his promises, that we don't take his promises for granted, that we don't that we don't mishandle it and then blame blame someone else because we mishandled it. Blame someone else because, uh, let me see, the house got broken into when we constantly leave the door unlocked. Now, my door's not always unlocked, so don't you try it. <laughs> but we don't, we don't, we, we treat God's promises like that. Like, like it's just going to be there. Like it's just the thing. Just God gave it to us. It's just. We, we don't treat what God has given us with the respect that it has not only earned, but that it deserves. You know, a lot of times when I'm dealing with my children and I want something a certain way, I will say, no, don't clean that like it's your house. Clean it like it's my house. Don't clean this. Don't do this like that. Do it like, do it like it's mine. Don't, don't, don't mishandle it because me and my husband suffered for this. So you don't get to take it for granted because you don't know it, but you suffered for it too. You suffered for it as well. And a lot of times we are treating God's things like it's, like it's ours. We're treating it like we treat our stuff. We're taking it for granted like it's ours. We're taking it, we're treating, we're not, we're not um keeping um it clean. We're not keeping it polished. We're not handling it in excellence. We're not handling God's things in excellence. We're handling God's things haphazardly. 
We're heading, and then soon as the enemy comes and he takes it and he decides that he's going to control it because you know he wants God's stuff. As soon as he decides that, then all of a sudden we're, oh, the enemy did this and the enemy did that. And the enemy is trying to, to do, trying to deter me. And the enemy is, is messing with my stuff. But we don't never want to admit our part that we played in it. We don't want to admit how we haphazardly handled God's stuff. And, and the enemy went up to Jesus and said, now listen, I see down there that, you know, like he did, Joe, I see that, you know, they love you and they trust you. But I bet you, I bet you if I start touching, I bet you if I start touching this stuff, they will, they will, uh, you know, curse you and they'll die. I bet you they won't, you know, you know, he was right along with Lot's wife. I bet you, I mean, not Lot's wife, along with Job's wife. You know, I bet you they'll, they won't, they won't serve you any longer. They won't love you. And, and what we're doing is just what the enemy wants us to do. We are getting, we are blaming him. Not, not understanding that he takes that as glory. He takes that, that blame as honor because you're giving him attention. When you're the one that handed God's stuff over to him and your careless actions and the way you handle what God gave you, you're, you're being, you're being careless with what God gave you. And then when the enemy steps in, now you want to blame the enemy for what has been done, not accepting your part in it. And remember, I told you a lesson, a thing that we can, we can never learn a lesson if we're not even willing to admit our part in it. We'll never be able to fully own that and get that full effect of that lesson. And what will happen is we will just keep repeating what we've already done over and over again, the same way. And we'll keep blaming the enemy because we didn't take the time to properly care for God's stuff. And if we don't know how to care for God's stuff, then how about we ask him? How about we ask him, what do I need to do to care for this new thing that you have given me? Because new things are coming. What do I need to do? Or, or how about this? How do I need to, to treat and care for this thing that you already given me that clearly I don't know how to care for? Because it doesn't seem to be working the way I thought it would be working. Sometimes if something is not working the way we thought it should be working because we are trying to operate it off of instructions that we created and not instructions that God has given. So we want to be very careful, very conscious of that, very conscious of that, because if we're not going to be, if we're not going to uh, handle God's things with care, then we won't have the opportunity to receive more. The word of God says, if you're faithful over a, a man's, uh, over another man's, then you, then God can bless you with your own. How about if you're faithful with God's stuff? What if he's the other man? If you be faithful with God's stuff, then God can trust you with more. Sometimes our lack of increase is because God can't trust us because we're still trying to do the thing or take care of the thing under our own instructions. We still will not follow what God has designated as far as 
process. We still won't follow it. We think that we have a better way. We think that we're going to make God act on our command rather than us act on his command. See, we don't, he doesn't follow us as we move. We follow him as he moves. And the issue is we're trying to make him follow us. We're trying to make him. Listen, Proverbs 6 and 20, it says, my son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Verse 21 says, bind them always on your heart, fasten them around your neck. Verse 22 says, when you walk, <clears throat> they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp, verse 23 says. This teaching is a light and correction and instruction are the way of life. It will keep you from your neighbor's wife. He's telling him it's going to keep you from the lust of the flesh, from smooth talk of a wayward woman. Verse 25 said, do not lust in your heart after her beauty. It's going to keep you from the lust of your eyes or let her captivate you with her eyes. Verse 26 says, for a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, the pride of life, listen to this, and this is me, the pride of life, your pride didn't let you see your choice and let you run after something that was not worth anything. It was only worth a loaf. It was only worth a loaf. Nowhere near what God has for you. We're running after things because of the lust of the eye, because of the pride of life. We're running after things and handle mishandling what God gave us, gave us because as the scripture says, we can't remember instruction. We haven't tied the instruction around our neck. How about this? We haven't even listened to the instruction. We're too busy making our own instructions. If this is true of a parent, of a mother and a father talking to their a father talking to a son that he can actually see, it is true of a God that you cannot see. He is trying to give us instruction so that as he blesses us, as he increases us, we will know how to handle what he has given us. Right now, we're just about at a halt because we're already mishandling what he's giving us. We're already handing it over to the enemy because we will not keep our father's command. We have forsaken our mother's teaching. We don't bind it around our heart. We don't fasten it around our neck. We can't do it naturally. And that's why we can't do it spiritually. We can't do it spiritually. We have to be able to first ask for the instruction. And as God gives us those that will give us that instruction, whether it be your leader or whether, you know, after COVID, whether God is talking to you himself, when he gives you those instructions, you have to bind that instruction around your neck. Why? Because 
even when you're asleep, verse 22 says, it, I'm sorry, when you walk, that, those instructions, they're going to guide you. The, those instructions, they're the lamp unto your feet. They're the instructions that God gives that guide your feet. When you sleep, those instructions are watching over you. Those instructions are speaking to you. And when you awake, those instructions are guiding your footsteps. They're watching over you when you walk and when you're asleep and they are speaking to you as you move. We must maintain, keep the instructions that are given to us from our leadership. Or like I said, if God is giving you instruction himself to the leaders, when he's giving you instruction, you must follow the instruction, tie the instruction around your neck. Your instructions are literally watching over you when you sleep. So the enemy can't come so tear amongst the wheat because your instructions are literally watching over you and when you're asleep, they're writing themselves on your heart so that when you wake up, they start to talk to you. Again, what I said about lessons and not um, wanting to own your part in the experience so that you can see the lesson for what it is and not get mad at people, but see them for the lesson that God is trying to give you and get the lesson. If you think about the, the lesson in that sense, right? Those lessons, those words, they have instructions in them. There are things that we've experienced that we say, oh, I won't, I won't go that way again. I won't go that way again because I know when I go that way, this, that, that, and that is going to happen. So guess what the instruction is? Don't go left, go right. That's the instruction. So as you're sleeping, that thing is embedded in your heart and in your mind. And when you wake up and you see that thing again, it's going to come to your remembrance. Don't do it. Don't go that way. Don't do it that way. Don't handle that like that. Remember God dealt with you with that. Remember that experience. It's going to happen again. For us to forget the instruction of God, the instruction of leadership, for us to forget that, for us to not bind it around our neck, for us to not allow it, allow it to watch over us and to guide our steps, for us to not do that is for us to be that gentleman that when he kneeled down at Jesus' feet, when he recognized who Jesus was, because we do recognize who Jesus is, then it would be when he said, please don't cast me. The demon started talking. Please don't cast me out. Please don't, please don't put me out. I need a frame. I need to be embodied. I need to be in within so I can act out, act outwardly. For us to not learn those lessons is us kneeling at Jesus' feet and, the, and allowing the demonic forces to beg not to be cast out. We must obey the instruction of God. Excuse me. So we want to be clear that we want to be clear, again, we are talking about a change of hands. And when we're talking about a change of hands, I'm saying <clears throat> a different place where you get your authority from, a different place where you get your strength from. When you are not following the instructions of God, when you are not operating under the power of God and the authority of God, 
you are in turn that remember it's one or the other you are in turn acting under the um the what's the word i want to look for uh you're you are in turn acting um allowing yourselves to be used by demonic forces it's either god or it's demonic forces here's the good news because i got good news for you god is going to allow us He's going to allow us to retrieve that which we so carelessly gave away. He's going to allow us by uh, he's going to strengthen our hands to 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 grasp hold of with authority, with the authority that he's put in us, that which he has given us, that which he has slated for us, that which he has promised for us. And as God does that, he's also going to release the wisdom of instruction that comes with the thing that you have retrieved. You are, ma'am, sir, to tie those instructions around your neck. You are to relax and allow those instructions to watch over you as you sleep. You are, ma'am, sir, are to allow those instructions to guide your footsteps. Having those instructions bound around your neck with regard to instructing you to that which God has allowed you to retrieve will keep your uh, the lust from your eyes will keep the lust from your flesh will keep you from the pride of life which will keep you from overall when i'm describing those things adultery idolatry putting you idolatry putting you making you as my apostle say the idol putting you in front of what god is doing and allowing god to lead and guide you and be at the forefront. It's yours today if you want it. If you would allow God to, to re-give you, re-gift you, re-gift you, literally the that which he has already given you. It is yours today to retrieve, but it's coming with instructions. Those instructions, I'm repeating, you will bound around your neck. Those instructions will watch over you as you sleep. Those instructions will guide you once you are awake. They will guide your footsteps. This is what God is saying to his people today because too many of us has lo have lost what God has given us through carelessness, just carelessness, just not regarding it as the gift that it was when God gave it to you. We have, we have, <clears throat> Excuse me, we're disregarding the things that God has blessed us with. As I gave you the example with the house, we're disregarding the spiritual gifts <clears throat> that God has given us. We're disregarding the spirit. Some of us, we have talents that could bless a ministry, whether they be um, administrative, whether they be healing, whether they be interpretation of tongues, whether they be apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, wherever those gifts are, we have gifts that can bless the body of Christ. But because we've decided that we don't like the way things are done, that we're not going to, we're going to hold that gift back, withhold it from the body of Christ. And there's gaps in your ministries today, prophets, that there are gaps in your ministry today because you won't open your mouth and say what God is saying. 
There are gaps. There are people that are not healed that are waiting for your healing word today. But you will not open your mouth because nobody else in the ministry does that. Nobody else heals. There are people on your jobs, people we walk by every day that need your healing voice, that need the healing of your experiences. And we won't even talk today. There are people today that need the healing of your words, the healing of your words. You don't got to... <clears throat> speak in tongues and pull out oil, just the healing of your conversation. There are people today that need the, the, just the, just the pureness of who God has created us to be. And we are withholding that. We are withholding that because we don't like what's happening around the gift. We don't, we don't like what's happening, but God is giving us instruction. He is going to re-gift that back to you with instructions that he expects you to follow. And if you want to continue to be blessed with the new thing, then you will, you will pay attention to the instructions that he has given you and you will follow those instructions to the letter. No more creating your own way of handling things. No way of creating your own process and then blaming the enemy when he comes and swoops in and and takes it from you and giving him glory and honor where you could have just followed the instructions that God had laid out before you to do the will of God, to do the will of God with what he has given you, with the gift that he has given you. So God is saying, I'm about to conduct a change of hands. I'm about to conduct a change of hands. Whatever you have so carelessly surrendered to the enemy. Listen, if it's your mind, it's yours. It's coming back to you. If it's your health, it's yours. It's coming back to you. If it's a mishandling of your finances, it's yours. The wisdom is coming back to you. If it's a mishandling of people, taking people for granted, mistreating people, uh, not talking, speaking well to and of people, God is giving you an opportunity to have it back, but it's coming with instructions that you must follow. This is your test. God wants to know, can I even trust you with the new thing? I can't give you the new thing until you handle what I have given you right now, the way I have instructed you to handle it. Again, a change of hands. God is returning to us, restoring to us, regifting to us that which we so carelessly gave away, that which we so carelessly dismissed and cared for. He is giving it back to us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have for you today. We've been talking about a change of hands. Before you go, let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. I thank you for life. I thank you for health and strength. And I thank you for restoration. I thank you for restoration of all things. Those things that we so carelessly dismiss, so 
took so carelessly took care of they took for granted god i thank you that you're restoring not only spiritually but naturally i thank you oh god that you're doing a mighty work in us and we have our hands open to receive from you we have our ears open to hear your instruction we have our eyes open to discern from you we will bind your instruction around our neck we will bound it around our neck we will allow it to watch over us as we sleep we will welcome its presence we will welcome it god to guide us to guide our steps as we go to guide our actions to guide our tongue to guide our hands so that we work it as you intended and we thank you oh god that you have given us a second chance we thank you oh god that you have called all things that you have promised us to be released into our hands we thank you oh god that you have commanded and allowed wisdom to return unto us that you have allowed our minds to once again be able to comprehend what is that good and pleasant thing we thank you oh god that you have caused us to be able to hear your voice and your voice only and another we will not follow we thank you oh god for everything that you're doing in us in this season we thank you for how you're preparing us to receive the new things we thank you for how you're preparing us to receive the new wisdom the new instruction and we choose to carefully obey we choose to carefully obey we will not haphazardly handle your will and your purpose for our lives we thank you oh god we thank you oh god that you are downloading to us god that which you said that you have the plan for our entire life you have the plan and i thank you god that as you distribute to us that which you have for us that you will uh, give us insight and wisdom and share with us that plan so that we will properly operate in the things of God with grace and with purpose and with holiness God that we would that the world would see Christianity differently that they would see our discernment that they would see our discreetness how we handle you how we handle your stuff how we handle the gifts God that you have deposited into us how we handle the bodies that you graced us with so far that we've been mistreating with how we eat and how we care for them we thank you oh God that you're giving us strength to take care of ourselves to present ourselves and holy spiritually as a sacrifice a holy sacrifice acceptable unto you we give you our minds we give you our heart god use us for your glory we submit to you and we submit to your instructions and we submit god to handling that which you have given us in your grace thank you for grace Thank you for grace and thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy, God. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. And I thank you. And I thank you. For those of you who would like to donate to this podcast, 
The information is on the bottom of the screen. I thank you so much for joining me on this evening. And I will see you on uh, next Monday at 7 p.m. And remember, go out and get um, Instrument of Praise that's out now. And we have praise coming out shortly. So go get that song that will bless you. Download it from all your, uh, wherever you download your music, make sure you go get that. That will definitely bless you. Thank you so much for joining. I do appreciate it. And please have a good evening. I love to pray his holy name. And I love to sing his word, his word. It sounds like music. Thank you for joining. Have a good evening.